Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Genesis Open 2018, presented by 18 Birdies, the best golf app in the business. Let's get to it. What's up, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This is the Genesis Open from Riviera, the last event of the West Coast Swing in 2018. It's going by fast already. Masters is fast approaching. Me and Pat break down and recap the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Nobody hotter than Potter. We talk a little bit about staying with the process, trusting the process, your process for picking players, narrowing down your pool, entering contest, and making those screens green. So I hope you learn a little bit from that. And then we talk about how to truly make America great again. I had golf. I had a great day playing golf uh, with a troll from Twitter. I'll say he was a troll. He really wasn't. And uh, we had lessons that we learned. Conversations were had. We we're now friends. It was a great, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. That's what we need more of. So we talk a little bit about that. And, of course, we give you the picks and the preview for the Genesis from Riviera. And it's another Tiger week. We're pumped. So we're going to tell you what to do with Tiger. There's a lot of agreement on this one, I will say. And, and we do have Grumpy Pat well queued up tonight. So just get ready for that. And, as always, may your screens be green. And thanks to 18 Birdies for supporting the podcast. Seriously, the best golf GPS stat tracker all that stuff in the business check it out on itunes and android markets let's uh let's get to it may your screens be green what's up golf addicts david barnett of the tour junkies it's a tiger week oh oh it's very scary we all know our listeners enjoy your tiger roar more than mine Mm -hmm. but how's it going pat you feeling good bud are you uh you okay I'm kind of grumpy. You're gr- we got grumpy Pat tonight. You got a grumpy Pat. That's all right. That's all right. Y- you're you're rather moody at times. I am. I, you, yeah. You've known me long enough to to realize that, and and it's it's one of those times right now. Just yeah. Just grumpy. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's tough when you're famous and you got like third world kids asking for your autograph and your shoes and your hat and you're having to turn them down i mean i know it's tough you and lee mccoy right you and lee mccoy no, please please don't put me in the same boat with lee mccoy yeah now he's been yikes. on the show do we regret that decision he has been on now? the show well here's the thing you know you gotta if a lot of you may not know we're referencing lee mccoy getting uh, kind of getting just blasted on twitter for some comments he made about the the kids in columbia and just just some stuff on Twitter that he probably regrets at this point. And, you know, you got to remember, these guys are young. They're super young. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to be on Twitter at 22 either uh, or God. or be on TV all the time at 22 either. I'm not excusing it. It's kind of a it's kind of a rough move for Lee. And we like Lee. He's been on our show, like you said. Uh, but obviously, he's got a little bit to learn. A little bit of perspective, I think, would be good for Lee. Hopefully, hopefully he comes back from this, apologizes, maybe kind of, Changes his viewpoint a little bit, and we move on. But anyway, 
I didn't plan on talking about that. We are here to talk about the Genesis Open at Riviera. But before we do, Pat, we got to recap the AT&T, man. Nobody hotter than Potter. Old Ted Potter just just lighting the field on fire and just uh, was on 50, like a 57 watch on Saturday until he bogeyed a few holes coming in. Takes down DJ on the last day at Pebble Beach where DJ is just dominated. And the journeyman, Ted Potter, wins uh, for the the second time in his PGA Tour career. Hasn't won since 2012 at the, um, I believe, the Greenbrier was his last victory. It was pretty uh, pretty interesting week. You had the celebs. You had stupid long rounds. And you know, man, I want to talk about something. I, before you get what you you have this in our kind of rundown that we we have. Nobody yeah. is hotter than Potter. Okay, I Nobody realize that Potter. rhymes, but <laughs> is he hot? Okay, Ches Reeve is hot. Oh no, yeah, I'm talking about like, just Potter this week. Potter is just, not hot. He just no. like come, came out of nowhere. You're right. Yeah, yeah, agree. Okay. I'm just saying he was hot. He was nobody was hotter than him this week. I mean, he was just on fire this week. Now, I'm sure this week he'll trunk slam yeah. Friday afternoon. The, but the wizard. Yeah, I agree. No, he, he's he's not. He has not been recent form hot. Just just this week. I just wanted to be but, clear on that for the listeners. Oh no, no, thank you. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Here's what I want to talk about. This is a little this is a little GPP tournament DFS gambling pep talk. Really for me and you and maybe a few other listeners benefit. Me and Pat, we're going to be honest with you right now. Me and Pat had a couple of the worst weeks in daily fantasy golf that we remember having, and we started playing when DraftKings started in 2015 with PGA Tour Golf. In fact, I would say it's probably the worst week I've ever had. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it it, it wasn't my worst week ever, but I, I I know it was yours. But it was a pretty. It bad was week. my it was my worst week ever, and I had I, I had good looking lineups on Friday, and then just absolutely nothing. When the, when the tournament was over. And and it got us thinking, you know, me and Pat were whining a little bit, and our boy Ben Little, who does our, our weekly email write-up, you know, encouraged us. And I think he's right. You got to trust the process. Now, here's the deal. You know, if you're new to DFS and your process sucks after a few weeks, you might not want to trust the process, right? You might need to change your process. But, like, you and I have been doing this long enough. We've had some success. We've had consistent success. Growing the bankroll, grinding out, you know, green screens. I think that the process was there last week. I'm encouraged. I, you know, I, I know you're down a little bit. I, I, I feel like when, when lineup lock hit on Thursday, we had narrowed down our, our field of player. I, I had 17 guys in my, that I had exposure to last week, which was probably the lowest amount of exposure I've ever had. I usually have 20. To, I usually have like 22, and I try to get it down to 20. I can't remember ever having only 17 guys in a lot of lineups. And I'm proud of that. I think that process was right. And I, and I told you even on Thursday when I said, hey, I narrowed them down to 17. It's, that that means it's a boomer bust week, right? Like that's what it is, and that's what you and I try to do. When it, you know, we don't play as much cash games as we used to. We're trying to win tournaments, and when you're doing that, you you have to. Like, here's the thing, and actually, by the way, I'm broadcasting live from Caesar's Palace right now. I'm in Vegas. The wife has a business trip. Miss Domination. In fact, you may hear her here in a little bit if she comes in. Excuse me, but why, I'm why in Vegas. Why do I keep hearing chips? 
You're not hearing chips. It there sounds are no like chips under my there's hotel some room. kind of the listeners after this show are going to come back and they're going to say Pat was right. You were flicking poker chips the entire show. I'm literally doing nothing. I have no poker chips. What up is here. that? Nothing. I just heard it again. Is it like I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, um yeah, you got me off you got me off my Okay, no. I I was uh um I was at the tables last night, right? And I'm thinking about when you're playing when you're playing like roulette and you got to have your process, right? And your process you, and, and okay, like if you play red numbers on roulette. Well, there were guys putting down chips on every single red number. Every single red number. Like all of them. All 15 of them or however many there are. And I'm just thinking like, dude, you're 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 dumb. Like you're gonna either like you might hit one of those and you might win a few bucks. Like you have to narrow down your guys cuz if you have too much exposure to too many guys, if you're playing 10 lineups or 20 lineups and you've got 28 guys or 30 guys in your in your pool, you're a lot of times you're just going to be you're 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 eliminating your your leverage on the field a little bit because you have too many guys. And same way with roulette. If you're putting chips down on every single red number or every single black number, and one of those is on, only one of those is going to hit, and the rest of them are all garbage. Like you're you're eliminating a lot of leverage, right? So you gotta you gotta narrow down your field, which which your player pool, which you and I did. And when lineups locked on Thursday, I was really excited for some of the exposure. That, that we had on some lower owned guys. You had Gary Woodland, who was like 10% owned across a lot of contests coming off a win at Waste Management. You had Patrick Cantlay at like 13 or 14% who started off birdie, hole in one birdie. Uh, you know, there, there were a lot of guys that we had. Kokrak was low that, that I felt like, man, we have good leverage on the field here, good ownership leverage on the field. If these guys hit, we are looking good. And just what what's really maddening is come yesterday afternoon when the tournament was wrapping up our twitter account was blowing up with listeners making crap tons of money which is great that's what we do this for we want you guys to win and make money and screenshot and tweet us it's awesome uh, we had a couple guys make you know ten thousand dollars or more and tweeting us about it and it's awesome but me and pat are sitting here like how in the world did are all these people have great weeks and me and you had the worst weeks ever and obviously we just didn't we just didn't construct the lineups the way that we wanted to. But, you know, the process of narrowing down who you like, narrowing down your player pool, committing to those guys is a big, is a big part of, of what it takes to win these things and to, to see green screens. And I just want to encourage you and myself and any other listeners out there who are frustrated, stay with the process. Stay with the process, Pat. Wow, that's... Uh... Well, and like you say, so I think the roulette wheel is a great comparison because if you sit there and you spread out your chips on all the different numbers or whatever it is, yeah, you're going to hit one every once in a while and you'll be able to keep playing and you you probably sit on that table for a couple hours, but you'll you'll come off the table having either broken even or either lost a little bit or won a little bit. That's kind of the same thing with what when you're talking about your GPP lineups. If you spread it out and have such a huge player pool, yeah, you might win a little money or you might, you know, get some money back, but you're just going to be treading water forever. I mean, I, I don't think you're that's that's the way you're going to do it. You like you said, you've got to narrow that player pool, be confident about those guys, don't play Patrick Reed, and then you'll be good. <laughs> so, I mean, well, and 
And if you're playing GPPs, we've said this a hundred times, but it's weeks like this when you and I have crappy weeks that we have to remind ourselves of this. You are not, you should not be playing GPPs to gradually build your bankroll or to finish in the top, you know, you know, eight to 22% of those getting paid. You are playing GPPs to finish in the top one to three, 4% of the field. Yeah. That's how, that's how you make money. Let me tell you, this is, this is one thing that was a little bit interesting for me over the weekend or on Sunday. It just puts things in perspective. I had a good friend who was in the top 25 of the $4, 500K tournament. On Sunday late, he, was, had, he put one entry, was winning $700 off a $4 entry. Literally that birdie putt that DJ, the meaningless birdie putt that DJ made on 18 dropped him at $500. Just that putt. <laughs> yeah. That shows you how hard... And how many variables come in to actually winning money in GPPs? You know, I mean, just a one putt dropped him five hundred dollars. That's that's ridiculous. So yep. if you're playing those, it's all or nothing. You're trying to win. Yep, top one to three percent, and so you're going to have weeks where you do nothing. And I think last week we had the process right, and we had we had a lot of players right. We just didn't put them in the right lineups, or we crossed out. I mean, I know right at the very end, I crossed off guys like Strillman and Reevy because I thought about ownership, and I was trying to narrow it down from twenty to seventeen, and I just crossed them out. You know, at the same time, I added Aaron Wise at the last minute, a lot of Brandon Harkins at the last minute, which proved to be a good place. But I had a lot of Rory, and I had a lot of freaking you know, um, Woodland. And so, you know, it is what it is, but I want to encourage you guys with that. Just, um, keeping that in perspective, but thank you. And congratulations to all the listeners who tweeted out some green screens. uh, Apparently a lot of you guys had good weeks, which is awesome. Keep doing it, keep it up. Uh, and we would love nothing more than to see your avatar on DraftKings fantasy draft FanDuel as a tour junkies avatar. That would be pretty cool. We appreciate that. That's good pub for us too. So uh, that's that's that. Now now Pat, I had uh, I had a good day today on the course. I actually played a little golf, played TPC Las Vegas, and played with this. This is another thing that I, I think I want to talk about just real quick. <laughs> You're uh, you got an agenda tonight. I do, and and here's the thing: like this is this is getting into some real world stuff. I played golf today with well, what, what a lot of people would classify as a troll, right? On Twitter now, I, I'm not going to classify him as a troll because he just disagreed with us. Yeah, he, disagreed he wasn't. With me. He didn't really. Personally he wasn't attack the you. one. No, yeah. right. The trolls are the ones that go personal, and they. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, when when or waste management, when I tweeted about being glad that Hideki withdrew because I had leverage in GPPs, and all these people got really pissed off about that tweet. Uh, this guy was one of them. His name's Greg, and Greg's been a, a listener of the show for a while. And he was at least respectful and was like, yeah, dude, bad take, disagree, you know, bad form. He's got a shoulder injury more than likely, blah, blah, blah. And, but then that started a whole other group of guys who were like, you know, they, they want to throw out the redneck thing, I guess, just because I'm from Georgia. They, they throw out the redneck IQ and they throw out all kind of other crazy that stuff. That's a new one. Yeah, and, and after it got bad, I basically said, and I tagged Greg and I tagged a few of these other trolls, and I said, Hey, you know what? I don't know. Like, uh, Twitter's not going to get us anywhere talking through this stuff. If any of you guys are out in Vegas and you want to play golf uh, on Monday, February twelfth, I'll buy the I'll buy the golf. Let's talk in person. 
And most, and actually a few of those people then got mad that I did that. Like, what do you, what do you, <laughs> is that a threat? what kind of deal is that? Why are you, inv- yeah, somebody <laughs> said, is that a threat? I'm like, no, it's a freaking invitation to play golf. That's all it is. But see, this is where I think this is a teachable moment for like humanity and America. We can all, like people can disagree. We are allowed to disagree freely and, and, and you don't have to like get personal on people. You just don't. Well, Greg DM'd us and was like, hey, I'm actually going to be coming through there. I'm on a work trip. I'd love to play. And I'm like, great, let's do it. Let's hook up. So Greg and I made it happen. I paid for his golf. He bought all my beer and my, my food. And we had a fantastic time. Greg's a great dude. Really good golfer. Freaking good golfer. Strokes gain, ball striking is Greg all day long. Now, the guy can't chip or putt to save his life. He needs some lessons there. Greg, you know it. Anyway, but super good ball striker, swing speed off the charts. Pat, you would have been so irritated watching him hit the ball. He was averaging like 330, 335 off the tee every hole. Mm. And a couple, a couple like downwind, like 370. Like just absolute bomber of a golfer. And great guy, 29 years old from Orange County, California. Had a great time playing with him. We had so much fun. We talked about the podcast. We talked about the Hideki thing. We kind of, you know, cleared the air there, I guess. Um, and he's been listening for a while now, and and he listens to a lot of other shows like Pat Mayo, and um, he's just a good dude, great dude. And it was fun. And, and now, like, I've got a friend in Orange County, and like, this is what America needs. This is how we make America great again, people. Like, we make America great again by having quality conversations with people, being able to disagree, be respectful, not read into everything, not assume all this stuff that people assume on Twitter, and not get personal. Like, why does it have to be personal? So I was pleased. I I was pleased. I had a great day today on the course with him. I just had to I had to get that out. Like I know it's not really relevant content for this podcast, but it was a great day. Greg's a great dude. I put some stuff on Periscope playing off with him so you can see his enormous swing speed. But you know, just a couple guys getting along. It's fine. You know? Good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to trying to bring it tonight. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, in other news, in other news, Pat, we had a pretty, we released a pretty dope PGA Tour interview yesterday with none other than Charles Howell III. You want to talk about that interview real quick, Pat? Well, as you said, it was, it was pretty dope. I like using that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so awkward it did, for you. It really, like, I, I almost <laughs> felt like, I don't know, that was just, cool. All right, so, yeah, he was great, though. I mean, just a fa- our best interview by far. He had great answers. He was quick. Um, you know, we've been obviously wanting him on the show for a long time to finally get him. I was a little nervous. I got to say, I was a little nervous beforehand. Yeah, you were. Typically, I'm not too nervous, but but this this time I was. But but you know, he made it easy. Just with uh, you know, I thought everything he did throughout the whole. I mean, it probably made your job easy doing on the edit side. Super easy because yeah. I mean, he was quick with his answers. Just a great guy. I think if you're not a fan of Charles Howell, go listen to the podcast, and you will become one. It's crazy because he's got such a reputation, or he had a reputation around Augusta, 
you know, as such as quiet, reserved to himself, mm-hmm. not very extroverted, not a people person, not a conversationalist. He's not on any social media anywhere. Like, so it kind of fits the profile. But he is such an amazing interview. He was so easy to talk to, as you mentioned. Very funny, witty, like a little self-deprecating, great sense of humor, uh, honest. You know, I, I think I mentioned to you, it's like when you interview a guy like that who's been on tour for 20 consecutive years and has made $35 million inside the ropes, like he's like the college professor with tenure. He doesn't answer to anybody and he doesn't care. He's going to be open. He's going to be candid. He's going to be honest. He's going to be refreshing, intelligent. He had great takes. We talked about Golf Channel coverage. We talked about him working for and, and broadcasting golf one of these days. He is a golf nut. Like he He's really a golf is. addict. Yeah. We yeah. don't talk to a lot of tour pros that watch golf when they're not playing, and Charles is watching golf and on the PGA Tour app when he's not playing, he which is, is nuts. Defi- he is the definition of a, of a junkie for sure. You know what was funny? I, I was laughing out loud listening back to this. When we were talking about the European Tour and some of the stuff that they're doing, and he was talking about fireworks off the tee. And yeah. He was like, you know, we're already a bag of nerves when we get up on the first tee. Anyway, can you imagine the fireworks are going off? We're done. That, that just yeah. made me laugh. I mean, that was pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah. Just, just like you said, self-deprecating. You know, it, it was it was fantastic. He told some Tiger stories. You know, uh, Charles played with Tiger during his peak. They're great friends. Live live near each other uh, down in Orlando, great friends. And he, he told a couple of really good Tiger stories. I love the story about uh, Tiger reading the putt for him at the President's Cup. Um, it, just, it was funny, man. It's just a great interview. We'll have him back on again for sure. But if you have not already listened to that, you need to go listen to that like ASAP. As soon as you're done with this one for, uh, for Riviera, you've got to listen to that one. It was just too good, too good. Um. Real quick, before we get into the course breakdown, you've obviously still got the Road to Augusta going on, presented by Fantasy Draft and Roto Grinders. Listen, uh, it'll be here before we know it, man. Like, it's almost March. If you don't get your entries in by, I think, March 30th, you're, you're SOL. And you can get a you can get round-trip airfare, hotel, food and drinks, and a ticket to round two of the Masters at the Augusta National with me and Pat. Um, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun. We did this last year. This is the second time. It's going to be so good. The way you do it is if you don't have a Fantasy Draft account, you need to go and create one and use the promo code TOURJUNKIESRG when you do so. TOURJUNKIESRG, all one word, when you uh, when you sign up for the new account. We also just tweeted out a link. It's uh, Monday at about 7.40 Eastern time. We just tweeted out a link. You can go back and find that. Click that link. That'll get you in as well. And then you just need to play some PGA Tour contest, um, especially the Tour Card. If you play the Tour Card tournament on Fantasy Draft, you get five additional entries into the drawing. The drawing will be done um, probably the week before the Masters. So have your permission slips ready, boys. Have them ready. And if you already have a Fantasy Draft account, all you have to do is play in PGA DFS tournaments on Fantasy Draft, and you will get one entry for every contest and five for every entry into the Tour Card contest. So there you go. Fantasy Draft hooking it up. It's going to be an amazing week. I can't wait. It'll be here before we know it. I'm pumped. Um, Also, Pat, if you are still not on our weekly subscriber list for our email going out on Wednesdays, you must, must, must do that. 
a lot of content that we can't get to on Monday or we don't know on Monday comes out in that email, including the chalk bomb of the week and 10 facts. And we're also going to keep growing this, so it won't just be those two things every week, but we're doing a uh, Ben Little is helping us out at TrueMav on Twitter. You got to check it out. It's good stuff. And um, it's, in, it's, it's just good. So to do that, you need to go to tourjunkies.com. Click on the Contact Us page and fill out the Contact Us form right there, and you are in. Um, so there you go. Anything else, Pat, before we get into this? No, I'm ready. Let's, uh, let's talk some Genesis. Tiger Week at Genesis. What you got, Pat? A course breakdown. I don't, I don't want to get all over your course breakdown again because I know you got pissed at me last week for that. So And you got a grumpy Pat, so I'm glad that you're and at least, grumpy at least Pat, mindful yeah. of that. Uh, you, what's your podcast juice tonight? Do you have any podcast juice to help you out? Or I do. I have a, or, um, a nice glass of yingling beer. Okay. All right. So it's, 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 it's quite good. Um, all right. So this is the 2018 Genesis open in la or maybe more specifically pacific palisades did i say that right Ooh. david yeah i think so <laughs> riviera country club this is a great just old classic course 7300 yards or just over 7300 yards it's a par 71 freaking poana greens this week but you know what despite the poana which i know a lot of these players don't like we got one course I'm so excited about that. We only have to look at freaking one course. That is awesome in itself. The course plays, it plays pretty difficult, but, you know, you got small greens. You can really, though, I think, bomb it off the tee. I mean, you look at Bubba winning here twice. The fairways are quite narrow, but the tree lines are pretty wide, and the rough just is really not a huge factor. Now, if they grew this rough up, it'd be a totally different course, which I think they will do when they play the U.S. Open here, but... Um, for this tournament, it's not really going to be a factor all that much. You've got that famous number 10, which is a drivable par four. Some say one of the best drivable par fours on tour. It's one of those where you, it's just a risk or reward type thing. You just don't know what's going to happen. You got six par fours though on this course that are 450 to 500 yards. To me, that means you're going to be looking at long iron play. These guys are going to have a lot of long irons into the greens. Stats, I'm looking at strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, and putting on Poana. Past champs, you had DJ last year. He has ridiculous course history. Bubba in 16. James Hahn in 2015. Bubba again in 2014. John Merrick in 2013. Is John Merrick still on tour? I don't know. I I don't think he has full status. Anyway, so that's the quick... And the dirty on the course. I don't know if you got any other any other thoughts uh, as far as weather's concerned. I don't think we're going to see anything there. Always check back on Wednesday. And there's the freaking chip sound again that I keep hearing the whole time. Sorry, bud. I don't know what it is. Don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I think you covered it. Like you said, it's kind of a kind of a second shot, longer iron track, small green scrambling. I like all that. Um, Poa, I like that. I mean, I I do think in the last few years, you mentioned it, the rough has become less penal for these guys. So um, a few years ago, it was a little thicker. They grew it a little thicker. But, I, you know, I'm still very much in love with the Bombers this week. I, 
I think if the rough the rough isn't that bad, so if you're farther down, especially on this is you know there's some longer holes here. I think there's five or six par fours over 450 yards. So you know uh, if you're farther down and you're a little closer in this easy you know not so thick rough, then I don't I don't know I, I don't think you're really losing a lot. So I'm not shying away from the bombers, but obviously there are guys who are not necessarily bombers who do have a good history here, and I think can still do well. But, I mean, even just reading off those last few winners that you just mentioned, uh, Bubba, DJ, um, Hans, not short by any means. So you can kind of see, like, Bill Haas and John Merrick were the last two when the rough was a little thicker and hitting the fairways was at a premium. And then things kind of changed, and then it's Bubba, Han, Bubba, DJ. So to me, it's very much still a bomber's track, and bombers have the advantage. So. That's me. Let's start it off at the top on DraftKings. Speaking of Bombers, Dustin Johnson, ridiculous course history here, has gained uh, almost 20 strokes more than the next best person in the last five years at this golf course, gaining 53 strokes in the last five years at Riviera. Needless to say, DJ like Riviera. (laughs) DJ hit ball far. DJ score well Riviera. DJ win. Yes. So if you thought Pebble Beach was in his wheelhouse, Riviera is even more so. And then you've got Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, who really screwed me last week and missed the cut, Justin Thomas, and rounding out the 10K range, Paul Casey, who's normally not in the 10K range. I think we're used to seeing him like in the upper nines. He gets a little bump. I think he lost in a playoff here of the year James Hahn won. So um, in that top tier, I mean... I think it's very clear that DJ and Jordan are going to be extremely chalky. DJ will be the highest-owned golfer in this field, without a doubt. I mean, he could see. I mean, I think he could see percentages over thirty-five, maybe even forty percent in some contests. And I think Spieth now looking like the putter, getting figured out just a touch here in this last week at Pebble with a twentieth-place finish. Um, I think Spieth could be a little, could be a little more chalky than normal as well. Uh, he's gained 20 strokes in the last five years here at Riviera. He's a uh, you know good POA putter. He's, he puts well on everything. So um, rounding into form, I think those two will be pretty chalky. I mean, I don't know. I, I think DJ. I, I, I might. I don't know. Uh, this might be one of those weeks, man, where I, I kind of completely fade. I fade this group and and. Um, and start at Paul Casey. I really like Paul Casey here. Um, Casey at 10-2. He's gained 17 strokes in the last five years uh, at Riviera. He's gained eight strokes just in the last tournament. He played great last week at Pebble Beach. Led the, led the, um, led the field in strokes gained T to green. Had an eagle and 20 birdies in route to his uh, tie for eighth. Even if you look at the last five PGA Tour seasons and where he's finished in um, strokes gained approach, four out of the last five years, top 20 or better, he's he's just a ball-striking fool, and he can score. I think Paul Casey's a great play at 10-2. Uh, he might be a little chalky, but that's actually some chalk I'll eat because it gives me some leverage down at the bottom. And uh, so there's there's the play there. Now, I may be coming back to this range for my one and done a little bit later. So stay tuned for that. What are your thoughts in the five-digit range? Well, I think um, for DJ and Jordan, I totally agree. I do think they're going to be the highest-owned players this week. For Cash, I have no problem whatsoever playing those guys. I think you've, you know, 
you'll be fine because there's plenty of value down in the in the seven K range too that you can find some good players. So I'm okay with playing those guys, but for tournaments, yeah, I'm probably going to fade them. I think Casey is the best play here at ten two. Um, recent form is good. He's got good course history here. Strokes gained approach, his putting, everything I think lines up for him to be just a really good. And like you said earlier. You know, a lot of people we're not used to seeing him in that nine k in that ten k range, and so there may be a little bit of nervousness to play him. You know, over that over at ten two. So I'm with you. I think Casey is is the play here, and I'll have a lot of them. All right, total agreement in the top tier. I love the nine k range. In fact, there's some guys in here who I have not been on that I'm getting on. Come on, tell uh, me you're right getting at, on Mickelson. Right at the top, I'm going to get on Phil, and Jesus, he's probably going to miss the cut now. It's freaking never fails. He's probably going to miss the cut. But I like Phil now. I have been against you uh, in the last two weeks on Phil, and you have, you know, I mean, you've nailed it. He finished second at Pebble, fifth at the Waste Management, um, 19 birdies the last two weeks, uh, each, each, you know, each event. Um, very little bogeys and doubles not he's kind of seems like he's eliminated some of the big numbers i mean at the farmers he made 15 bogeys at the farmers 15 (laughs) he's made he's made eight in the last two tournaments so he seems to have figured some stuff out he he does like riviera he's gained 10 strokes here in the last five years 24 strokes in the last five events here recently He's also top 40 in this field in the last 100 rounds, so kind of a long-term look in strokes gained on POA. He just fits all the, all the categories. Again, I do think he's another chalky play, but I'm, I'm on him. Um, I mean, I really, honest, like, honestly, I like everybody here. I like Fleetwood. I like Berger. I like Grace. Fleetwood, I, I love. We'll see. Fanshare Sports is going to be key here. So fansharesports.com, we've talked about in the last, uh, really, all of 2018. They're essential to getting the leverage that we talked about. You know, I mean, even last week I used Fanshare right up until lineup lock to kind of determine where the chalk plays were, and they nailed a lot of them. I mean, they nailed them, as they do every week. And so Fanshare is going to be one to, to look at because, honestly, when you think about Tommy Fleetwood, in our circle, in the DFS circle, he's so popular. But in, as far as the general public, he's not all that – he still may not be all that well-known yet. But I love him here. He's never played here before, but he is a ball-striking fool. He's in fantastic form over on the European Tour. So we're kind of getting our first look at him for the PJ Tour. I, I can't be mad at you for playing any of these guys. I'll probably have more Phil and Berger. Uh, I love Berger here too. But I'm not mad at you for anybody, including Brandon Grace, who I know I was off on Brandon Grace last week. Um, but including him, I'll, I'll still be okay if you want to play a little Brendan Grace. Yeah, I think Grace to me, actually, of these, what, five guys, four guys, I mean, I think he's probably the lowest owned. And we were off him last week. He was probably one of my top fades. Um, but checks a box and scrambling, strokes gained approach. I think he's one of those guys that, I, to me, I, I could just see him you know, you getting some ex- just really good ownership leverage on him. I do like Berger though, um, but I don't know. I, I'm definitely not off Mickelson. I, I, I got to ride that train, so I, I'm I'm certainly going to have some Mickelson. But I think Grace is going to be my next favorite guy here, going straight from a fade to a play. 
Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Burger is my next guy. Gained 19 strokes in the last five events. Quietly having a really good 2018 season. I think. Uh, also, top 40 in the field over the last hundred rounds uh, on POA. So, I like Burger. That's that's probably who I'll, I'll have next. All right, in the 8K range, um, there's a lot of guys here. Tiger. What are you gonna do? With, what are you gonna do with Tiger? It's time to talk Tiger. What you got? I'm I'm still gonna avoid Tiger. You know, I don't mind the price. I, I think it's, you know, a little more in line with where it maybe should be. But I just, and you know, if you think about it, Tiger really doesn't have the greatest course history here. He, yeah, he doesn't. He never won here. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and he's won everywhere else. So that's going to throw me off a little bit. But I just, I like, well, I'll say this first off. I'm not a huge fan of this range. I really don't have, I have like, one guy, one maybe two guys that I really like in this range. Other than that, yeah. I'm I'm pretty much going to fade it because I love. You could make an entire team out of the people down in the seven K range. So yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to fade Tiger as well. I mean, I do like the price better. He was 9700 at the Farmers, which was a little steep. So he doesn't have to do as much to return value if he makes a cut. You know, he's going to make birdies. So I don't I don't hate it. Um, and he was a little lower owned than, than everyone kind of projected initially for the farmers. He, I think he was like 15, 17%. Maybe with the price decrease and obviously everybody getting to see some good form a couple of weeks ago, that'll go up. But I, I'm with you. I'm not really a fan still of, of playing him at this course without a lot of course history to go off of for him. That, that's great. You know, that's Tiger-esque. Um, and I'm with you. As far as the 8K range, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of guys here. I do. I am going to get on a first timer in Alex Norin. Just an, a, you know, he's proven to be a world class player. We saw that demonstrated in his playoff loss to uh, to Jason Day at the Farmers, um, tied for 21st at the Waste Management. So I mean, the guy just continues to play well. He's got the all around game. I think to compete just about anywhere in an 8700, right there below Tiger. I will take it. Another guy I like, I'm going to get on Xander Schauffele, who I still think could go under the radar. He's a, you know, anytime it's California, I'm looking at Schauffele being a San Diego guy, a POA guy, tied for 17th at the Waste Management, scored 19 birdies at the Waste Management. He's gained eight strokes in his last five events on the PGA Tour. And, and, and X can, we know he can score and we know he can win. And last event of the West Coast Swing, I think I'll jump on him. We'll see, we'll see what Fanshare Sports has to say about the, uh, about the ownership on Wednesday, but I like that. And then I can't, I can't not play Shez Reevy. I mean, <laughs> Shez, Shez may be the only guy to give DJ a run for his money in terms of, in terms of ownership, like at 8,000 coming off of back-to-back second place finishes as good as he's been playing. It's very difficult to avoid him. Well, are you so? Are you gonna? Have, I mean, he's gained thirty-eight strokes in his last five PGA Tour events. He also checks the POA box, top forty in this field in the last hundred rounds. I mean, you just can't argue with how he's playing. Twenty-two birdies at the at the AT and T. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no way. I, I don't think you can avoid Chaz this week. You know, you look at him historically too. He's always like I talk proximity a lot. I know you're not a huge fan of that, but. The guy, especially on small greens like this, you know, he's going to give himself a lot of chances out there. He loves the Poa greens. I think I just have a hard time avoiding him. Um, but I'm going to say this, too. So the two guys you liked in here, and Alex Noren and Xander Schauffele, I'm totally with you. So I'm going to give a fade 
Because I think we always typically see a lot of folks, especially on a guy like this, Tony Finau, who's a bomber, tend to gravitate towards him. He's at 8200 It's a cheaper price for him. I'm going to fade him this week, though. He's missed two straight cuts here. He's coming off a missed cut at the waste management. So just not a huge fan of, of Finau. So I know he's a popular name. He's a great player. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna avoid him this week. I actually agree with that with that play. A lot of love here tonight. I agree with that. Um, not the best scrambler either, right? Like not a yeah. great you know, hitting into these small greens. So I'm with you there. I in terms of cash, you know, we've been trying to talk a little bit more about cash games. If I'm playing cash, I'm starting cash lineups: Paul Casey, Shez Reevy. That's a yeah. couple. And then, I, like you mentioned, I love the 7K range. We're, let's get into that now. Um, another cash staple for me and GPP staple for me is going to be Brennan Steele at 7,900. I love Brennan Steele this week. Just having a phenomenal year already, coming off the tie for third at the Waste Management with 21 birdies and an eagle at the Waste Management. He's gained 23 strokes in the last five years here at Riviera and 18 in his last five events. He's a California guy. 7900 bucks is stupid. So I'll, I'm all in on Brennan Steele. I and you do make think, it hard to be grumpy when you keep picking my players. Oh. Like, I really want to, like... Good. I want to get you out of you, your but, funk. Yeah, go ahead. Keep continuing. All right, well, maybe I can find another one here. I mean, Strillman, Strillman's going to be popular. Um, so when you have Steele... He doesn't. When you have Steele and Strillman, I do think a possible pivot that probably not a whole lot of people are going to talk about... I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, maybe, and this may be more of a gut play. Is is Charles How? Uh, not Charles How. Charles Schwartzel. Ooh. I kind of like. Uh, you know, he's a ball striker, strokes gain approach, great iron player. Coming off of uh, you know European Tour event in January where he played well. I just think that's a, a GPP pivot. He'll probably be ten percent or less. So that's that's an idea there. Um, Bubba, what are you going to do with Bubba with all the, the course history, strokes gained, seemingly gradually getting his game back in place? You know, we saw the miscut at the career builder, then a top 40 at the waste management, then a top 35 last week. He's not really scoring a lot still. He's, he hadn't had an eagle in 2018, which is unusual for him. Um, so I think he's still kind of a fade for me. Just, I mean, he's just not scoring. He's yeah. not finishing. It's funny, too, you mentioned eagles because I think this course. Is, has yielded some of the most eagles on tour. I think last year it had like there was like forty of them or something. Um, and that's obviously you know look at par fives and Bubba just kills par fives and that when he's won here in the past that's what he's done. You know, I think Bubba is in play. It, to me, that's going to be one of those like I'm going to want to look at fan share on Wednesday and just see maybe what some projected ownership is because you know if people are just looking at two victories here. They are you know there's newer players to the game maybe that know his name, know the history here, and may play him. I, I want to see what the ownership is, but I could see playing some Bubba. I, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I love Seal. I'm with you there. Probably, though, I mean, Thomas Peters is very interesting to me because I think he's going to be pretty chalky. He's going to be yep. pretty chalky, though, don't you think? I mean, he's just kind of a boomer bust type guy, but he's a world-class player, has shown it on the highest stage, and and I think that, He'll, he'll be another one I'd be interested to see where the ownership is, but I think this is a course that he can win on. Um, obviously, he has some history on this course. I think he... Um, did, well, he tied for second here last year in his first attempt. Yeah, and then he went like a college event here or something. 
Yes, I think you're right. Good call. Um, so I do. I, I think Peters is a pretty good play. God, there's so many in here. There, I mean, yeah, yeah, I love Peters. I love Ollie. I think he's a great play at 7600. Kokrak has shown some good form here. Almost won a couple years ago at 7500. We were on him last week, or I was. I don't know if you were. Can't remember. Um, yeah, and then of course our, our boy Charles Howell. This is going to be extremely chalky for him at 7300. I mean, that's it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because I mean, with this many guys, you could have some ownership diluted in tournament plays. Um, and, and man, you know what? It, it is interesting. I mean, if you you can really make a legit lineup with only guys in the seven k range, and you're going to have thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars left in remaining salary, but that I mean, in large GPPs, that could be interesting. I mean, I love Bo Hostler here. You can't argue with the form on Hostler. I mean, if you listen to the Charles Howell interview, we asked him a question that we've asked a lot of tour pros. We've asked a lot of caddies. Rank for us the importance in form, course history, and stats. And everyone we've asked has listed stats and like course fit, stat profile, whatever, as the third in that list. Everyone has ranked it form, course history, stats. Yep. And you know now now when you're picking dfs and golfers and you're trying to win tournaments you know if you just pick everybody that has tremendous form and tremendous course history you're gonna have tremendously chalky lineups so you have to do something you have to find something different but it is hard to to argue with form in in guys like brandon haas or bo hostler um you know brandon Steele, kevin streelman all these guys that's why i kind of like charles schwartzel because i think he'll be a little off the radar and he's gained 23 strokes at riviera um, but I like Hostler. I agree with you on the Peters play. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, I still like him. I think from a course fit and profile, stat fit, I mean, just ball striking, he's there. He's just not making putts right now. He's Tita Green still just crushing it. He just needs to make more putts. Um, a guy that I like is Keegan Bradley at 7,600. He's oh, getting 20. God. Now it's history and form. Coming, coming back. He's his, it's history and form. He's gained 27 strokes at Riviera in the last five years and 14 in his last five events. Um, so I like, I like a little Keegan. We got, well, a, we got a message over the after, I guess after Sunday that, um, of course, everybody knows I was on Patrick Reed. And he's, listen, if you're mad at me for Patrick Reed, Guess what? I'm mad at myself because he screwed every most every single lineup I had. I, I I was stood behind him and he failed me. But somebody said uh, Keegan. No, they said, they said Patrick Reed is more just like a, a chunky Keegan Bradley these days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. No, um, that's good. So, but but continue. I got a well, guy in here, by the way. That after you're done, ahead. that I think. Go ahead. I, I'm on. I think you're gonna hate, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sell him to you. Can we do that now or, or wait? Yeah, go ahead. Sam Saunders at 7,400. First, I want your initial reaction to that. I was just about to talk about him. Wow. This is yep. okay. Whatever. We've got agreement. Go ahead. All right. So, so I mean, listen. Sell you, the listener. Here's the thing. T26 at the AT&T. T8 at the Career Builder. T25 at the Sony Open. So he hasn't finished outside the top 30 in his last three events. He's gained 21 strokes in the field in those events. He's only played here once that I can see, and he he made the cut, but it wasn't that great. But he checks the box on strokes gain approach and scrambling. 
I think Saunders is a great pivot play in here. He's not one of the most popular names. So I will have him in some GPPs. So there you go. I want to see what you are going to say, too. No, everything you just said, I'm, I'm with you. I already had him circled. He's a guy that I like. Uh, let me, let's talk through a few other pivot plays in the 7K because, like we mentioned, there's so many here. But some lo- I think James Hahn is going to continue to be a little, uh, a little less owned than he probably should, and he's just in. He continues to play really well. He's gained 14 strokes at Riviera in the last five years, and if you look at the f- last five tournaments, there's only one player in this field who has gained more strokes in the last five tournaments. James Hahn's gained 33. He's won here before. He's been playing a lot of golf. I think this is what now his seventh week in a row. I think I said this last week. I think it's his seventh week in a row. Um, Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. No, this, is, this will be his sixth week in a row, which is just nuts. But obviously the guy's a West Coast guy, so he's taking advantage of the West Coast swing. And then maybe next week for the Honda, if he's in the field, we fade him there. But Han, I think it will be lower owned than he should be. Um, a guy who just had a sneaky finish coming off of a lot of miscuts a tie for 15th at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am with 15 birdies and only six bogeys. Sang Moon Bay, who has played Riviera well in the past before his South Korean military duties kicked in, he's gained 29 strokes at Riviera when he played here. He's also top 40 over the last 100 rounds in um, putting on POA. I think he's, um, he's an interesting play that could give you some ownership leverage. Also... I'm back on Aaron Wise. I think I tweeted about Aaron Wise last week before he teed off at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. 17 birdies from Wise. He's aggressive. He's a bomber. California kid. I'm going to roll with him at least one more week. So um, I like him. And then Cam Smith at 7,100 is another good one. I think a really good value. We've seen him a lot higher price than that lately. Um, I mean, he was at 9,000 for the Sony, 8,200 for the Farmers. So Cam's a great scrambler. You talk about hitting into some of these smaller greens. He's a great scrambler. He's good with the long irons, and that's a pretty good value there. So those are some pivot plays, but I have one more. One more pivot play that typically goes as a pretty popular DFS pick, but lately the form has been a little less than stellar. But he's a really good ball striker, really good iron player, um, and that's Kyle Stanley. Mm. At seven thousand, did he pop for you at all? He did. I like I like some Stanley this week, right down there at the bottom. Yep, seven thousand. I like it. I mean, he is coming off the miscut at the waste management, but um, just a total GPP pivot play. I just feel like when you're talking about ball striking and iron play and all that stuff, Stanley, you know, sticks out. If you look over the long term, obviously he hasn't been doing it well recently, but if you look over the long term, uh, he's a stud in that in that area. All right, so that is a huge range in the 7K. Are you done? Are we ready to go to the 6K scrubs? Yeah, let's let's hit it. All right, who you like? Who you got? Well, I think right there at the top, I'm gonna have. I'm probably gonna look at Patrick Rogers. He came off, you know, he missed the cut Ugh. here disagreement two years here. ago, but he was a T22 last year. Um, sneaky good finish last week at the AT&T at T8. When I went and looked, I was like, oh, crap. I didn't realize he'd finished top 10. So I like Patrick Rogers at 6,900. I'll play him. I'll play your boy, Brandon Harkins. I mean, it's hard to get Oh, up. you're finally going to jump on that? It's hard. Yeah, I was off of him last week, but I just can't. I can't this week. I mean, he's just been incredible. He really has. So 
I do like him, especially in cash. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna need a, a cheap play, I'm s- just shocked that he's still sitting here at 6,800. You know, you look at his last five events; he's gained 31 strokes on the field with just one missed cut, three top 15s, and a top 25. It's hard to fade that. It's hard not yeah. to play that. So I, I'm I'm totally on board with with some Harkins. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, Peter Uline could be interesting at 6,900. I think he'll be chalky. You think he will? Yep. I'd much rather have Harkins. Or oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. A couple but, other guys but I do think, name. I don't know. I, I do like some Uline. So. And I, honestly, Harkins could be chalky. I mean, he was like 15% on last week. Yeah. So he could be too. I just think you still play him. He's another West Coast guy who you play at least one more week. Let's see what happens. And then if he gets to the you know southeast and the Florida swing and sucks, then we know we know what he is. He's a Jimmy Walker. You know, He's a young Jimmy Walker. Um, at 6,900, I think it's tough to avoid Martin Laird. He obviously has a decent history here as well. Um, he's gained 13 strokes at Riviera in the last five years, tied for ninth at the Waste Management last time out. Usually scores well on longer par fours as well. A couple of a couple of low-owned, I think, um, options. Let me see. The highest-owned, I think, of these three. I'm going to give you three more names. The highest-owned of the three, I think, is going to be Tom Hoagie at 6,600. He has missed the cut here, uh, or he's missed his last two cuts. But, I mean, at the, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he, in three rounds, he had seven birdies and three eagles. Just scoring and ball striking. Um, I, I, I might, I mean, at 6,600, minimum price, I think Hoagie's worth a look. Also at 6,600, a guy who's gained eight strokes at Riviera in the last five years, another California guy. A lot of missed cuts to start the year. He made his first cut at the Waste Management, but he still finished 52nd. Is Jamie Lovemark a bomber? I don't know. I just feel like, again, minimum price. If you're going to take a flyer, Lovemark may be one. And then my last play in here, I think, is going to be probably 3%, maybe, or less owned. He has not had really any good finishes to speak of, but he's, he's like squeaking through cuts. But another bomber, West Coast guy, Kevin Tway at 6,700. I have a little bit of interest in him as well. Wow, I didn't see so you going the Kevin Tway route. Yeah, I didn't think he did. That's, that's a little different for me. Um, I can't believe you didn't say Bud Cauley. No, I actually, I was just looking at him, and, and my initial thought was, nah, not, not going to do it this week. I mean, I, I, think, he's, I think he's okay. Um, I think he's in play. I mean, my favorite out of the guys that I feel the safest about in this range are Harkins and Laird. But I'm not going to have a ton here just because the 7K is so chock full. And just with lineup construction, starting with Paul Casey, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, or, or even below Paul Casey. I just don't think you have to really dip in here as much. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That, I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't have a ton of guys here. But um, yeah. And I'm not just going to start throwing out any right now because when I tend to do that, it's when it just starts <laughs> sucking. So. Well, don't forget to check Wednesday evening 
well, hopefully you're subscribing to our weekly email. We'll have some, we'll have 10 good facts in the chalk bomb of the week in that email. So you want to check that out. And also fansharesports.com. If you've not already signed up for an account with fansharesports.com, you need to. It's like $9 a month. That's where we go to get the ownership leverage that we need. So if you're trying to play GPPs and you're not using fansharesports.com, I'm not sure why. They are there to curate all of the DFS golf data that is out there from podcasts to YouTube videos to articles to rankings they go through it all for you because you only have time to do so much and they they cumulatively tell you um, who's getting talked up and then they project ownership and they're pretty freaking good at it they've been doing it for a couple years now too they're they're not new to this Uh, they started shortly after we did so fansharesports.com is where you need to go on wednesdays to get all of that information and go read the blog that logan writes every week i think it's usually up on tuesdays so uh, it's a pretty good blog there as well uh, anything else, Pat? We got anything else to cover for the Genesis Open? We got to do our one and done. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did forget. That's the first time this year I've forgotten. First time. All right. Mine's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm not playing a lot of them in DFS, and my one and done picks have sucked. I had Patrick Cantlay last week who finished, what, 40th or something? And I need a win. I need a win desperately. So I'm going Dustin Johnson. That's I'm not going to have a ton of him in DFS, but I feel like he's going to have a great week. So if I'm not going to have that, I at least want him in my one and done. I'm going to go ahead and spend on DJ. Okay. Um, I am probably going to stay in that 10K range actually also. Well, I am, not probably. I'm going to go Paul Casey. Oh, okay. I like that. That's good. You don't want to save him for the, for the British? Nope. I like I need, it. I need money. Yep, we haven't been doing so great. About about same same trajectory as last year. Yeah. All right. So now good stuff. Go take those poker chips you've been wrestling around with the whole oh, show God. and go put them on some tables tonight, buddy. All right, all right, Grumpy Pat. Go to bed early tonight and wake up on the right side of the bed tomorrow. Okay, I will. Tour Junkies podcast. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. See ya. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.